0: Welcome to Phoenix Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Season 1, Episode 1, Pilot. This episode originally aired on September 29th, 1985. Uh, The director in the episode is Alan Smithy, which is the name they use when a director is embarrassed by a product, usually. (laughs) Um, So maybe this guy wasn't so happy about the MacGyver pilot. But um, his actual name, which is available (laughs) to us because of the internet, is Gerald Friedman. So Gerald Friedman, I don't know what your problem was. I think think you did a a fine job.
1: Yeah, we liked it. And uh, if you want to be on the show, you can discuss it. Yeah,
0: you can uh, reach out to us through our Facebook or our Twitter account. Our Twitter handle, by the way, is Opening Gambit, all one word, and of course we can always be found at phoenixfoundationpodcast.com. This episode was also written by someone named Thackeray Paller, which I don't see that name on much. The IMDb page only had one other writing credit and nothing else, but it's also an incredibly (laughs) fake-sounding name.
1: Yeah, Thackeray. And wasn't that the name of the cat in Hocus Pocus? Thackeray? Yeah, Thackeray Banks. Or was it Zachary? I want to say it was Thackeray.
0: Maybe the cat had a lisp when he was explaining (laughs) it. I I don't remember it being Thackeray.
1: You're Thackeray Binks. Yes. So the legends are true. Well,
0: come along. Apparently on eBay you can purchase Zladoff's original 90-minute script uh, because this is an hour-long episode, but he had written it as, I guess, a TV movie first. And uh, most of the dialogue in this episode is actually from that script. So it seems like it's all Zladoff's writing. Have you read the script? Uh, I haven't, but I saw, I saw it on eBay today. I almost bought it. Okay. But, um, this is based on uh, someone on one of the MacGyver online forums had mentioned that they had read the 90-minute teleplay and that it was almost word for word what ended up on screen except for just things were cut out and not anything extremely important.
1: I'm curious if the opening gambit was in that.
0: I think the opening gambit was a part of, of what they ended up using for the show. So a quick summary of the episode.
1: So this episode opens up. With the opening gambit of a pretty simple task of rescuing a downed fighter pilot uh, from the top. Somewhere in Central Asia. Somewhere in Central Asia, somewhere. (laughs) Uh, It kind of looked like Monument Valley or the Grand Canyon, but.
0: I think it's actually uh, Moab in Utah. Oh, okay. But um, later on in the series, there's a clip show that refers back to this opening gambit. And they refer to this as being Mongolia. So that's what it's supposed to be.
1: Okay. Well, I will accept that. Um, and uh, so he's sent in to rescue the pilot. Well, he doesn't know there's a pilot. He's basically sent in there to de- deactivate a missile. But rescue gets the, the pilot in the end. The actual episode deals with an underground laboratory that a series of bombs or explosions have gone off. They don't know which yet. And uh, MacGyver is sent in because there are people trapped, and it's basically a suicide mission to go down there. And it's his task to infiltrate the facility. Or if I infiltrate, infiltrate is the wrong choice of words. I mean, it's um,
0: kind of infiltrating because he's it, having to bypass all the security that's systems true. in place. But it, it's to rescue these the the workers and to prevent the destruction of the facility by correct. this chemical reaction that's going right. on. There's, a, there's an
1: acid leak that's out of control. The containment is out of control. The containment,
0: as they say, is out of control.
1: Acid leak. Level three.
0: All right. Well, I think um, on that note, we'll uh, start over from the beginning and sort of break it down point by point. Um, So do you want to start with the opening gambit? Sure. Uh, Well,
1: the opening gambit, as it it establishes uh, somewhere in Central Asia, um, it uh, starts off with MacGyver free climbing uh, the cliff face to where the pilot is. First of all, it was amazing that the pilot crash landed on like this mesa. Yeah. That just just managed it, like just bring it down. Or, or right that
0: on. the terrorists were able to get up to that. Yeah, <laughs> like they all did the free climbing. And, and to they get built up there. a camp. There's yeah.
1: a whole camp with big tents, and they built a cage. A tiny bamboo cage for the <laughs> pilot to live in. I, if I was a soldier, or you know, like I can't imagine like someone, hey, build a cage. As like. Uh, I guess all this tidy <laughs> sticks together. Yeah. Um, I don't know. They teach cage building uh, in, the, in the military. Um, but MacGyver starts off by free climbing the side of this mountain in the most, most obvious gear. He's not in any camouflage. He's in this bright blue. And he's got a big red. poofy
0: ski cap on yeah. with, a, with a ball on the top just blown around. And,
1: and honestly, it doesn't look like it's that cold. It looks no, like it's it actually kind of warm.
0: It's just—it's entirely aesthetic. Yeah. Like he just wanted to show off. He's peacocking it up this hill.
1: I, I maybe they were worried that you wouldn't be able to see him clearly. <laughs> or... know, it's pretty
0: close <laughs> on him.
1: Yeah, it's like it gets on him. It's just like there's this big blue dot. On Honestly,
0: the... I would like—I think it would have been more passable if he was wearing the straight-up Tom Cruise costume for Mission Possible 2. Just like a black tank top would have made more sense yeah. than what he's wearing.
1: But uh, once he gets up to the top, uh, you know, he sees that there's a, a Chinese. Well, I'm assuming it's Chinese soldiers. Um, uh, they could be Mongolian, I guess. Sure. I guess, you know, Mongolians are... Are, are
0: they, native to Mongolia. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, so MacGyver's sneaking around uh, and he uh, finds that there's a pilot still alive. Uh, they didn't know he was alive. The The whole mission was, there, was to go there and make sure that, I guess, any munitions or weapons that they were going to get a hold of wouldn't be able to be... Used against them, chief or, among them this
0: missile yeah, this, that was on you know, board. Yeah, this missile
1: that they have in display on in a tent, yeah. which. Uh, I guess it was the only missile that made it, or maybe this plane was specifically carrying a very unique kind of missile. It's a big missile. Yeah. So it may be new. It doesn't even look
0: like it would have fit on that plane, actually. It, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. The plane didn't look like it but no wonder it crashed.
0: Yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> they didn't they didn't take it. Through. For the plane. <laughs> and the whole time he's he's giving this sort of a folksy rendition of like, you know, back home. Like he he feels more southern. And, yeah, in the pilot than he does later in the show. Yeah,
1: exactly. he's definitely got like an accent. Yeah, and he's cause... talking about being on a farm. But, well, but he's, he's. But it's Minnesota is yeah. where he's from. Well,
0: he's from Minnesota. Richard Dean Anderson and MacGyver are supposed to be from Minnesota. Right.
1: Uh, so it, it's strange that he's he does not have he, you know he doesn't have the Bobby's World mom, don't you know? But he's also—I
0: don't think he mentions Minnesota in the first episode at all. Doesn't he? I don't think it comes up until okay, the talks second about, or third. Well,
1: because he talks—he he has this story that he's paralleling as yeah. he's making his way through the camp. It's sort of, of a stealing metaphor. A horse.
0: Yeah, he he's he's comparing having stolen a palomino as a child to breaking into this mm. this uh, encampment, and he's sort of he's making all these these metaphors along the way of well this guard here that I'm about to either knock unconscious or kill right. it's not clear is like a metaphor for the dog that was at the gate and it was like this really mean dog that wouldn't let you get anywhere near the horses but then he says oh, so much for what, Hector. What is Hector Hector I think it was the dog's so name. much for Hector one with of me heading for that corral and Hector had the old man down on me like a shot So much for Hector. Like, like it sounds really permanent when you put it like <laughs> yeah. that. It sounds like you killed that dog, which I think you might have also killed this this henchman here for his suit. And I wouldn't be surprised if you killed a downhill skier for your previous costume. <laughs> like it just
1: well, it's even it's even worse just to think. I mean, I don't know if it's worse than killing a dog, but it, this just the, the the concept of him knocking a dog unconscious yeah. for the sake of writing <laughs> this just is terrible. <laughs>
0: so. Old man McGinty's Palomino.
1: So he, uh, I believe first he spots that the pilot's still alive, and he chucks his uh, Swiss Army yeah. knife at him. Just like, obviously, and it gets stuck right in the wood. It's like, perfect throw. Yeah, good throw. And uh, so he goes off to deactivate the missile with what we, I think what we both had to declare was totally un-McGyver toolkit of... Extremely specific tools for disarming missiles. Yes, it's
0: it's not it's not what he found along the way. It's like he had an exact kit for disassembling this yeah. particular bomb. He,
1: there's a key that he brings out, like a, it's like a flat piece of metal, but it's got these intricately, perfectly cut, jagged pieces, like a puzzle, like a jigsaw puzzle piece,
0: which he uses to pull out like this sort like of a mother, motherboard or, yeah. to this missile, like whatever the guidance system is. It seems like that's what he's doing. He's right. pulling a guidance, but it system triggers out. the missile. Like right.
1: it starts, it starts a countdown of sorts, which um, I
0: mean that makes sense. If you if someone's trying to disassemble your missile, it should just explode wherever it is. I agree. That's a great I think that safety, a safety good, practice. Yeah,
1: that's exactly what. It, and and since it had a delay, I can only I can really only assume that this missile some kind of nuclear device.
0: <laughs> and they only gave him thirty seconds. It seems like a, a an arbitrarily short number. For yeah. it's like. <laughs> If someone's trying to take your bomb, you have thirty seconds to realize they're doing it before it explodes and kills you.
1: Give him a fair chance. You know what? That's what America's all about. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. But uh, I guess that would be, could be considered his first MacGyverism, uh, of disabling the missile. But it's kind of, it kind seems of like curious. a cheap, Yeah. Uh, he he just. Takes a paperclip and shoves it in there, and it seems to stop it.
0: But it is—it would be poetic, though, that the first thing is a paperclip because that's become one of his like right. most known things. Even though I, I don't know that he necessarily uses a
1: paperclip all that often, but... I, I think it's just a symbol of using something small and and everyday yeah. for something complicated yeah. like disarming a nuclear and so, missile. so, in
0: that way, it's it's nice that that's what he he starts off the list of MacGyverisms with. Yeah,
1: but his next uh, little trippy trap was a. Uh, his uh, trademark distractions. Uh,
0: Using he... a lethal weapon as a sound. Yeah. Like the equivalent of just throwing a rock in the bushes somewhere. <laughs> uh,
1: he, 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 he rubber bands like sticks and like he puts a stick through the trigger and has a match blade fuse, which I guess drops the gun down onto the stick. Pulling the trigger. Pulling the trigger back. and then it just unloads the clip.
0: Which is the first time he technically uses a gun, although it's not as a weapon right. necessarily. Um, but then in this in this opening gambit he actually does use a gun as a weapon.
1: Right. He, and, he he fires back at some of the soldiers who are who are pursuing him and the pilot.
0: Right. And then he hands it off to the, the pilot for cover right, fire right while he builds the Oh, he's putting on the parachute, right? Yeah, he's putting
1: on the parachute, and then he's also smashing the flare gun. He grabbed a flare gun from the plane, which was a really big flare gun too. Like yeah. it, it was like a blunderbuss. Yeah. You know, it's this, it's it's got like a one foot barrel with this big curved opening. Yeah. Doesn't seem like something that the military doesn't seem military grade. It seems like really old fashioned. Yeah,
0: you'd expect it to look like one of those little revolver flare exactly.
1: guns. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah, something a little bit more compact. To shove in a plane. Uh, and
0: then he uses it as like a projectile for him and the pilot to get off right. the cliff faster. It, it just seems or... like it would
1: backfire at him, like, yeah, it would have like just bounced through the off chamber. No, like, no, no, it wouldn't. You cut, like just like through the, the the trigger pulling would have like sent flames back at him. Sure, yeah, or they... it just would
0: have exploded in his hands. Exactly.
1: <laughs> but uh, they use it as a as a jet propulsion to instead of just running and jumping off because yeah. they quit, I guess because they wouldn't be able to run and jump off together. Sure. So they had to have some other means of f- flying and off. And they
0: needed to be far enough away from the cliff that they weren't going to hit it while they were right. base jumping, sort of. Um, and then they, I guess, is that base jumping if it's, is base jumping only in a city? Or is this oh, base I jumping? Know. I guess
1: this would be base jumping. I forget
0: what B, A, S, and E stand for. But the, it, oh, is each that of a, them, is like B is buildings. and Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, there's a, there's like a whole acronym for it. Oh, I wow, that's amazing. I'll have to look that up and, and plug it in and pretend like I knew it right away.
1: Well, it's building, architecture,
0: structure, and, <laughs> and other synonyms for building. <laughs> edifice, <yes. laughs> edifice, beautiful. All right, that's just gonna stay in like that. All right, and then we move into our our uh, opening titles.
1: Yeah, the classic uh, Randy Edelman. Uh, fully synthesized all the music is fully synthesized i don't think it series.
0: stays synthesized for the whole run does it i don't know i think uh, it's I synthesized remember. in the pilot and then it's instrumental somewhere i don't think it's synthesized the I mean, whole time.
1: definitely some of the, 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 the other episodes that we've we've been watching so far have it's all synthesized
0: that's true you know what i might actually be confusing it with west wing because uh the pilot has a synthesized midi intro and then they move into the full orchestral
1: version mm. once the show actually got started which is fine you know honestly i really like the old the old yeah. kind of midi music MIDI stuff
0: works fine and it was weird i looked up um uh, a soundtrack available for sale of and it the every track was a, was the macgyver theme as composed by randy edelman but mm. and they were all synthesized too but there were different episodes that like literally applied to specific it was like this is the wish child theme and this is the something or other theme like like, there were very subtle differences between right. different episodes. I,
1: I have a – I bought, like, a long time ago, I bought, like, a TV show soundtrack. Like, it's just famous themes. And the MacGyver one is a really strange MacGyver version that I had never, ever recalled.
0: But it's still credited to Edelman?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I don't know who the credit is, actually. But I know – I just thought, like, oh, MacGyver. has got the MacGyver theme. That's great. And I put it on. It's like, this is not the MacGyver theme. I mean, it is, but it's not – it does not sound correct. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting that they they clearly had multiple versions of it throughout the series. That... Yeah.
0: And then once we get past the titles, which are made up entirely of footage from these first five, like five or, or six five episodes. or six episodes, yeah. we we saw stuff at least through episode six that we yes, were able to yes, at least yeah um, recognize. And a lot of it's from this episode.
1: Yeah. It's it's actually really amazing that for a pilot that they, already had, they, they must have had at least most of six episodes in the can yeah to probably more, and that this is just what they were able to get and edit together. Well,
0: I'm sure when this was a pilot, they didn't have all six episodes written because they might not have even needed a title sequence for the pilot.
1: Oh, so something. you don't think that this title sequence was part of the original? I think
0: it probably went right from the opening gambit to the show starting.
1: Well, but it's, it's strange, though, then, because in at, starting in episode two... Uh, Do the, the titles me- change? The titles change slightly. Um, in this in this first episode well cuz it always starts off with the bomb ticking down right and and uh, in the standard opening it just cuts to a black image with an explosion the in the sky and the guy shoots out. out in this it cuts to a still of the bomb exploding from the pilot oh okay so it actually shows the sequence of the of the clock ticking down and then the actual explosion in the episode and it freeze frames on that explosion and, and then the guy comes out comes you're out. right yeah it comes so, out
0: over the lab exploding
1: So um, I would have assumed that this was the title sequence that actually originally aired.
0: Maybe they had something cut together already. They were that confident. Yeah. A lot often John Rich and Henry Winkler were sure this was going to be a full show. Good times. So they just went and shot their six episodes. The first scene, um, post-title sequence, is actually um, sort of an an opening shot of the Griffith Observatory, which we're establishing as... MacGyver's home.
1: Yes, it seems like yeah he he lives at the uh, Los Angeles Griffith Observatory. For those who don't who aren't in the area, um, very very famous structure. Um, and it's in
0: many movies. Yeah, many Rebel movies. Without a cause. Yeah, that's Transformers, that's the two best. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you're putting Transformers. <laughs> I put them right up on, on par with each other.
1: Um, but um, there, I guess in defense, uh, the observatory was 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 in hard times at this time. Um, that's like, you know, cause they, we, we, we know. In I didn't living actually in the, know that. We, well, we living in the LA area have been to the observatory since the major renovations yes, done. Yes, yeah. Um, but yeah, there was, there was a, a long time where the, the, the structure was in disrepair. And, uh, it, it, so this may have been time, this may have been like, like they needed some money.
0: Right. But like, it doesn't seem like he's a. A caretaker or anything. It doesn't right. seem like he's there in in sort of an official capacity as as an employee. It seems like he actually lives there, like it's his home, and he pays a mortgage on it, and mm-hmm. he lives in the Griffith Observatory, which is which has all the scientific equipment in it and everything. It still has right. a telescope, oh, yeah. and it still has everything. Well, and they're
1: fiddling with it, like they yeah. The opening scene is, is MacGyver and his uh you know little brother little from little, the little brother program. Exactly, brother. yeah, like you know, not his his technical brother um technical uh biologic i don't know i'm, I'm making it so uh this amazing. is a robot technical <laughs> <laughs> it's not his
0: scientific brother
1: <laughs> but um his uh his adopted semi-adopted little brother yeah um
0: played by Shavar Ross who mm-hmm. doesn't appear beyond the pilot episode
1: and uh it's them using the telescope like in in broad daylight which that the, the, in their defense they were looking for venus which you can only see in dawn and dusk but um uh, but, yeah, it was just kind of – it's always weird to see a telescope being used during the day. Yeah. It just bugs me. But it also sets the, the stage for him being in Southern California. Yes. Like, it, I don't know how often they actually refer to them being in Southern California. Right. But, um, I, but I believe I, – you know what? I think later on they do pretty much just say they're in L.A. Yeah. Uh, in the Los Angeles area when the, they actually get into the Phoenix Foundation.
0: And the first couple seasons were actually shot in Los Angeles.
1: Yeah. I think you know the Phoenix Foundation was to say – yeah, it does say Western Division, so –
0: Yeah. And the, the Phoenix <laughs> Foundation, the, the exterior that they use is in Long Beach. Okay. Actually, the, the original black building before they moved to what's called the Cube, which is right. Q-U-B-E, which is this crazy looking building in Vancouver, but it's really neat looking.
1: Because the production moved to Vancouver,
0: right? Right. Yeah. The houseboat's in Vancouver, um, the Cube is in Vancouver, and most of the other shots. Like, mm-hmm. they ended up switching to Vancouver because in California, when they were shooting in Los Angeles... They could get to all these different climates and mm-hmm. like the woods, like snow, beach, city, but it would take hours to move the production from one set to right, another right. because Los Angeles is just a nightmare when it comes to transportation. And in Vancouver, they could do the same thing in 20 minutes from each set, each, minute, to yeah. each place, which is why almost everything is moving to Vancouver. <laughs> then we move from uh, before before he actually gets any kind of assignment. We move to the Kiva Laboratory, mm-hmm. where we're seeing uh, Marlowe arrive?
1: Yes, uh, yeah. I, the the Kiva Laboratory is a disguised as a an abandoned radio station. Right. Um, uh, and so, like, we just see a vehicle arrive, and it's this uh, gentleman, this British scientist, Dr. Marlowe. Yes. He's he's greeted by Barbara Spencer, uh, the, the character. Not, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's important to say... Uh, uh, I guess I, I need to say that I'll probably jump back and forth between between referring to people as their actor name or their character name. Sure.
0: <laughs> and actually, on, on that note, um, I uh, plan to make available on our website. It should be available by now. Um, you can download an actual character sheet, which will have pictures – um, names and character names for each uh, person on the show, and I'm I'm making a separate. It's just a PDF you can download for each episode. So if you want to follow along on on a computer or on a phone or iPad, right? You can you can pull it up on on your own device and just kind of keep track of who we're talking about in case it gets a little confusing. Yeah. If you haven't seen the episode recently. I mean,
1: we'll probably mostly be talking about like the major characters sure. of the episode. Sure. Yes, so like the top
0: be... like five to ten people.
1: Yeah. Top fifteen. 20 people
0: probably no more than 50 <laughs> in a given episode
1: so yeah the, the we don't know much about the laboratory at this point in the episode but it is a is controlled by what they call the sendrex corporation which i'm assuming is a con- government contracting company sure. it seems they,
0: well i mean based on the fact that he's he's enlisted by the cia to deal with the issue it's, it seems right. like it's definitely government oriented
1: um but uh don't really know much, you know. It's a laboratory, so you can assume chemicals, dangerous weapons, potentially. But sure. it, it seems pretty, pretty low key. Um, as much as it is secret, uh, it doesn't seem like the, Like there's no, there's no real armed uh, security team. Sure, and it, it's it, not
0: actually. I mean. It's it's all underground, so you don't really get a feel for the scale of it. But it right. does seem like a huge lab. It's only three stories, and I mean, I'll be the three stories are separated by a hundred feet of elevator shaft. Exactly. Shed. Yeah. But it's each of the floors of the facility doesn't seem to be that extensive. When you're in the actual lab, it seems like right, you know, right, right, a regular you know hundred foot room. It's not. It's maybe, not
1: Raccoon City. Yeah. Like it's not like the high. not the hive in Resident Evil. Yes. It's, it's a a much smaller facility, probably underground for. The safety, of... as
0: much as the secrecy.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Dr. Marlowe arrives and uh, they take him down to the third level where we meet Dr. Steubens. Yes. Um, who they are? They they obviously know each other. They're their acquaintances and they've been playing chess uh, via uh, telex, which is early early fax machines, I think, right? Or is that or is it telegrams? You know,
0: I'm not even sure.
1: I'm assuming it's it's some kind of phone based. Messaging system. Yeah. The, the letter physical... X
0: usually indicated something very high tech at yeah. the time.
1: <laughs> um, but of course, this is like a modern twist on the chess by mail. Yeah. Like, you know, instead of doing, you know, obviously, it's much faster nowadays. Scientists
0: too. with a lot of equipment, they can exactly. send messages back and forth. Very high tech.
1: Um, my favorite, you know, having, I, I've seen this episode many, many times. Uh, and knowing what's coming. <laughs> yeah, knowing what's coming. Um, but what I was really paying attention for this go around was like just some of the dialogue I had the subtitles on. Um, and Dr. Marlowe is describing Dr. Steubens' recent move as pure suicide. Yes. And so I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is so great!" <laughs> because uh, I mean, can we should we just say sure it? yeah I mean yeah, might as well the, the 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 twist of this episode is that Dr. Steubens um, has planted some bombs to kill himself and Dr. Marlowe. So it is a suicide attempt. Yeah, it, and so it, it's it's amazing that that his even his gameplay has been is given away. Uh, His his plan of sorts. Yes, maybe a cry for help.
0: And it's sort of given away at that point, too, because before the explosion, he apologizes yeah, for and, and, some reason. And he
1: keeps looking back at the clock. Yeah. So the bomb goes off, but it's not the only bomb that goes off. I mean, it seems like it is because you're. it, it seems like we're seeing one explosion multiple times. So there's a times. bomb on each floor? Yeah, at least several bombs on this floor. Yes. And that they reacted with substances and chemicals on other floors.
0: Because if it was just their bomb and they're on the third floor, then the damage wouldn't be worse. 100 feet up and 100 feet up from that. It
1: it started off a chain reaction, but there were multiple explosions that occurred. And uh, obviously everyone's thinking it must be some kind of accident because who could – it would be impossible to get a bomb in there not knowing that Dr. Steubens had – Snuck in because we've seen we've seen rigorous security for guests in the form of a circular laser laser that would
0: tell them if anything was wrong.
1: (laughs) I'm I'm assuming it's some kind of scan.
0: It's got to be like a full body like molecular scan that would be like there's an explosive device on this person. Yeah, but oh
1: my god, the '80s. 80s like scans like that like yeah. it, would, it would horrify me It'd be like getting a cat oh, yeah. scan yeah you just
0: like you just suddenly you have a tumor growing <laughs> yeah. well, before
1: you're even on the elevator I mean the the way they talk about like early cell phones like in the 90s like saying oh you got to be careful yeah you're gonna get tumor yeah but like crazy 80s super scanning device would probably just fry your brain
0: and the special effects didn't look that bad for the actual scan yeah
1: you know you because you, they they must have had some kind of fog in the room in order to show the laser. I
0: mean, it, it still could have been an optical. I don't know, like something that was just put on top of the picture. Oh, you picture.
1: think? I, don't know. I felt, I felt like it was, it was in. It well, was the fact in...
0: that we don't know is yeah. a testament to the quality
1: of. The... Yeah, they, they made, they made a conical laser beam come around him, and you could, you could see the, the whole entire shape of, of the cone. Yeah. So if it was there, they would have to have some kind of, uh, something in the air that would allow it to be visible. Yeah. Um. Unless the camera picks it up.
0: And it it plays in striking contrast to the special effect they use for traveling between floors in the elevator. Which is like, I've never seen chroma key used to imply an elevator's motion. Right. It just seemed, it was weird the way they did it. Like, usually it's just like you have one thing sort of drift by in the background, Mm -hmm. but it's like entire footage of laboratories that's rear projected behind these people. Right. And it's, it's totally blurry and out of focus. And the people are like the wrong size in relation to.
1: And it's, and it also really just seems weird that the elevator just overlooks each the other
0: of the labs. laboratories it's so it's such a secret area but yeah everything is completely open once you're on the other side of it yeah,
1: it's like the the friggin jurassic park uh sit down tour with mr dna as it right as it pans you through the labs, this is our secret lab yeah this where is we exactly the... how we did everything <laughs> if, I was, if i was other genetic scientists in jurassic park i'd be like like taking photographs yeah. of everything that was going on not a good idea for a park not a good idea for a lab the bombs go off and uh we cut back to MacGyver and his little back brother. at the observatory. At the observatory. Meanwhile.
0: Uh, the brother's not there, I think, for this scene. It's just right. the helicopter landing in the front of the observatory yeah. with Gantner getting out.
1: Correct. Uh, and, like, you know, MacGyver obviously knows him. I'm, I would I would call Gantner his handler. Yeah. Or, because they seem to, like, have a working relationship. I mean,
0: in, in as much as he refers to him as Gant. you right. As opposed to Gantner, which is his full last name. Yeah.
1: Um. And uh, gives them the mission briefing of bombs it off. It's There's toxic chemicals leaking. Whoever they send down there probably isn't going to come back up. Perfect MacGyver plan.
0: Yeah. And so we move back to the Kiva. And so we have uh, Lerner brought him in a helicopter, which...
1: Yeah, um, this was really interesting. The helicopter was a modified, I believe, French helicopter. I read this uh, online, and it was actually used for a movie called Blue Thunder, which I do not know about. I, I'm not familiar um, either. But it was the, – the French helicopter was modified with an Apache-like cockpit, which is why I was trying to find it online. Like I was trying to go, oh, I wonder because what kind of helicopter you saw three
0: people get out of the helicopter. Yeah, and, really and I was playing.
1: like, well, I don't think an Apache – it would be very uncomfortable if it was an Apache yeah. helicopter for three people to sit. It could be done, but it wouldn't be a fun ride. Sure. Um, plus it seems odd that they – uh, a perf- a perfectly fine passenger helicopter landed at the observatory, and yeah. could definitely have the range to fly to to New Mexico. Is that where think. the lab is? I thought it was either Arizona or New yeah, so Southwest. Right. Yeah, um, you know, like that would seem to be a much more comfortable ride. But at some point, they switched helicopters to a more military helicopter. Um,
0: Oh, I didn't realize that. It's a different helicopter?
1: Yeah, it's different from the one that lands. The, oh, okay. one, the one that lands is, like like I said, like some so more
0: passenger. So maybe doesn't even leave with MacGyver. They send another helicopter. Well, no, helicopter. no,
1: because he's there. They both get out of the helicopter together at the Kiva. Oh, okay. But that's why I was curious why three people were getting out of the helicopter. <laughs>
0: yeah, and that they had to involve two helicopters in this yeah. transportation of MacGyver.
1: <laughs> but um, it, the Apache-like cockpit was just, if you if you ever take look up an Apache, it's like, very geometric. It's not right. rounded. Yeah. It's and like has, stiff it's like edges. Polygons all yeah, around the exactly. outside. Yeah, um, exactly. But that was just added to this helicopter, which could actually seat four. Yeah. Um, so it was a little like I was like, hmm, well, I was gonna be all like on my high horse saying that, oh, you couldn't fit three people in there, but then I <laughs> I learned that it that was that it,
0: going you, to be a nitpick and it turned yeah, into it turned a factoid. Out, yeah.
1: How amazing <laughs> is that? <laughs> so MacGyver's introduced the you know the Colonel. Uh, who's in charge of, like, the, as far as military security. Right. Because uh, the whole abandoned radio station is now surrounded by military yeah. trucks, fire department, Yeah, they've and given up
0: any, any semblance of being a abandoned radio station right. now. There's military personnel surrounding the place. There's fire trucks.
1: And there's ambulances. Yeah. So it's like you – They're you can't... ready
0: to take people out. Or... Yeah, there
1: are people who are wondering, why are there all these scientists at this abandoned what radio station? To the radio
0: station today? I wasn't listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then we meet uh, Dana Alcar for the first time. Right. Which Not is, as Pete.
1: <laughs> yeah, not as Pete Thornton. Uh, a completely different character who's kind of a borderline jerk. Like like his first words to MacGyver are, oh, you must be the oh, screwball.
0: This, this is the screwball here. And it's yeah. like,
1: hey, here's, he's the guy who's willing to sacrifice his life to go down and rescue your people.
0: Yeah. And they definitely, intentionally or otherwise, wrote a lot more character. Unless, he, I don't think he's improvising this stuff. It seems like they they just gave him that attitude for the show. But he's definitely, in terms of the people that are speaking with him during this mission, he's the most entertaining.
1: Yeah. Well, and Dana Elkar, I mean, no offense to the other people who are on the show, but Dana Elkar is in stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, he, he's he's.
0: Well, a, I feel like Lerner did stuff before this too. Maybe you know, he
1: did. Lerner, Lerner's in a lot of stuff too.
0: But uh, now he is. Yeah, I feel like nowadays he's the more recognizable face in this pilot.
1: I well, I, I mean, I would say that only because Dana Elkar passed away. Sure, but, that's true. Um, didn't have a chance. Uh, <laughs> but uh, early Dana Elkar stuff, like I know, like like 2010, and uh, he was uh, in uh, All of Me with Steve Martin, Lily Tomlin. Right. And so, uh, like, I, I recognize him. I mean, mostly I recognize him from MacGyver. Yeah. But he had done other things.
0: <laughs> and to be fair, I mostly recognize Lerner from Mayor Ebert in Godzilla. It, uh, like, <laughs> for some reason, that's my first thing that I go to in my head.
1: I, I, I do like your Barton Fink reference, though, oh, on, yes. on your character yeah. sheet. Because, like, yeah, yeah. He, I was, do.
0: he was also in Barton Fink, and he's everybody's great in Barton Fink. But yeah. But he does an excellent job there.
1: So um, MacGyver, you know, gets the gets, the, gets, the, gets briefing. Makes a decision to go down through the elevator shaft, which they tell him is protected by 10,000-watt lasers.
0: Which seems like a huge waste of electricity. Yeah. Like, I mean, all they really needed to do was weld the ventilation shaft shut to keep yeah. people out of the elevator shaft.
1: I mean, I understand you need to have security in the elevator. Uh, but
0: Doesn't your conical laser handle that?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Why do mean, you
0: need this additional laser? <laughs> it's a three-step process. Yeah.
1: If you guess, you get a deal on lasers. Right. Um, I don't know, like laser, laser elevator shafts is not anything new. I it's, mean, but
0: y- it's something to look at on a TV show, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, like it's, it's like, yeah, if I, I would have lasers, yeah. like because lasers are cool. And-
0: well, it immediately reminded me of uh, of the Andromeda Strain, where after this. Like, they've gone through all these different layers of security to get to the basement of this thing. And then suddenly they need to get out as fast as they can. And when they're ascending, they end up getting trapped in by lasers. And, and it's kind of a very similar situation in that they're this underground laboratory with very segmented mm-hmm. steps to it. And uh, he's having to do the same thing where, he, you know, he touches the laser. And it's it's not like it's a tripwire. It's an actual yeah. laser intended to hurt someone. Right. And then he ends up deflecting it.
1: With no warning, by the way. Right. Like, I mean, like, it's not like... Like if if you were a burglar or or a spy,
0: yeah, you wouldn't you, see it even. Yeah,
1: so it's it, you just be like walking into a room and all of a sudden ah yeah you you, you just it's get kind of like seared. the beginning
0: of uh, the cube.
1: Oh yeah, totally. The guy just gets like cubed, yeah, which He's is straight funny because the opening. Um, <laughs> or you know you think about like Resident Evil with the laser chamber. Oh
0: right, like, but they can see that one. Yeah, it's, that, it's, that it's that almost more com- terrifying. Yeah.
1: So MacGyver had uh, borrowed some cigarettes from not Pete to <laughs> not
0: Pete. What is what is not Pete's name? In Andy here? Coulson, I believe, Coulson, is the character. Right. Yeah, he's the is chief of operations. Pre Pete Thornton, Dana Elkar. Yeah,
1: because because I mean the Phoenix Foundation doesn't even enter into it for a while. Right.
0: Is is he only? a member of the Phoenix Foundation. I thought he actually comes on board before each of them joins up with the Phoenix Foundation together. I could be oh,
1: mistaken. Well, he, he's the head of the Phoenix Foundation. So I, I wouldn't imagine he just joins up with it. Okay. Uh, he, he's, he's, he's a hand in establishing it. Okay. Maybe Cause the Phoenix Foundation, I guess they call it a think tank. Right. But I guess it's more of a fixing service. Like right. Cause that's what MacGyver is. He's a fixer.
0: Yeah. Uh, Do they have other MacGyvers? Like, is that, a, is there a whole agency of MacGyvers? Yeah, they
1: seem to have other agents. Yeah. Because uh, I, think, I think one of the episodes deals with a knock list. Oh, okay. um, and uh, for those who don't know, the esp- espionage lingo, knock <laughs> list is a list of agents and their cover names. Right. So, like, you know, if you had this list, you would know who, who these people were and who they, where they are undercover. So we get into the elevator shaft. Right. And uh, MacGyver, like, pushes over the grate. And his first, like, his first major obstacle now like as uh, you know, short of the opening gamut, is dealing with this laser grid. Right. Which he can't see. Uh, so he stops to have a couple cigarettes.
0: Which he which he bummed off of Pete. Right. He took Pete the whole slash Colson.
1: Um, so he, he immediately lights one with the laser and then uh, you know starts like chain smoking uh like a couple of them at once just to get a good uh, fog going so he can see the beams. And then he breaks a set of binoculars and he brings out a mirror, um, and he uh, interrupts the beam, and then uses the beam to break itself.
0: With the as he's narrating his his plan in code to yeah. to Coulson with the uh, the old uh, Have you ever seen a scorpion sting, sting itself, itself to death? Yeah, which he doesn't bother to explain well, after he's yeah, disabled the like, What the hell
1: does that mean? <laughs> what are you
0: talking about, MacGyver? <laughs>
1: And uh, so we cut from there to him just coming out of – into an elevator car that's been jammed in the shaft. Right. Uh, and covered in dirt. Yeah. Probably from – From the explosion. Yeah, power. explosions. Uh, and I, uh, he he makes his way through the corridors till he encounters a large – Just a collapse in, collapse a hallway. in the hallway. Collapse in the hallway, yeah which it
0: looks like a dead end but then when he goes in for a closer look he can actually hear someone tapping on the other side right. of a of a large steel girder that's yeah, sort like... of compressed into this collapse.
1: Mm. Uh and uh through through happenstance as often like these little things that come up in macgyverisms like he'll hear or see something it's kind of like if you ever watch house like he someone will say something and he goes aha you know, I have an idea. Yeah. Your
0: weird little clue that you didn't intend for.
1: Right. So he hears someone sip a, gl- sip some water on their microphone and uh, goes, yeah. oh, water. What was that sound?
0: And yeah. Michael Learner's like, oh, I was just having a a sip of water, MacGyver. What's
1: that sound? It was me, Mac, just taking a sip of water. Water. Uh, so he go goes and grabs a fire hose and uh, – he, what he does was weird to me. He cuts the end of the hose off and then ties a knot in it. Um, I would think that you could just close Unscrew the it. valve. So it wouldn't spray? Or...
0: Well, is that why he does it? Or does he do that so that he can fit it underneath the girder to wrap it oh, around? Oh, that's true.
1: That's true. He does He does push it underneath.
0: Yeah. I, I, I thought it was more for being able to fit it underneath. But at the same time, I feel like he could have actually, no, he would have to cut it because he couldn't just unscrew the thing from the top if yeah. he wanted to do it that way. So good work, MacGyver. Okay, you, you he got me. us.
1: <laughs> He's always <laughs> He's,
0: right. That's not going to be the last time either. <laughs> I guarantee you, we're going to get something wrong here. Yeah. And let us know when we screw up. If we if we call MacGyver on something and we're the bad guy. Yeah. We're relying on you to let us know.
1: Well, I still call semi BS on the rest of it, only because he. Puts it under there and he turns on the water. And I'm sure there's a lot of water pressure behind that sure. fire hose, but I don't know if there would be enough to lift the girder. Now, it doesn't lift it completely. He only said that he needed a couple inches to lift right, it up. To swing it back. To swing it, yeah. Um, and oh my gosh, just, he takes a tumble when he comes out of there. Yeah, it doesn't um. look.
0: Like a comfortable one. And luckily the girder just vanishes because yeah, otherwise that would have exactly. hurt a lot more when he came out on the other and side. The, and
1: whoever was tapping on it knew to get would've away. Would have just been smashed. Which yeah.
0: we're, we're not given any indication that a person was actually tapping on the right. other side.
1: Uh, so he finds a good good amount of people who who had been trapped and uh, lets the top side know that, oh, okay, these people are coming out except for one, Barbara right. Spencer, who uh, is – Still alive and uh, was not near the explosions, not with Dr. Steubens or Marlowe, but is insistent that she go with MacGyver because she has knowledge of the facility. Um, oh, we didn't bring up uh, – we, well, we did bring up the acid leak before. Right. But we didn't bring up their uh, plan to neutralize the acid, which was – I think uh,
0: that happens later, actually. He didn't actually find the ingredient yet.
1: No, 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 no. I mean, what, what oh, the facilities... upstairs. What up, their upstairs. Plan was. Yeah, that, okay. that's why he has a ticking clock going on, uh, which will lead into another ticking clock later. But uh, they're going to flood it with chemical. I want to say it was sodium hydroxide, but I'm not that sure. That sounds right.
0: What's
2: that? Let's just say it's the same stuff they use to clean the flesh off the of skeletons.
1: Um, which will neutralize the acid, but also has the unfortunate side effect of... Cleaning flesh uh, off of skeletons. It's the chemical
0: commonly used in the practice of cleaning flesh <laughs> off of skeletons. Which I don't know if you've ever had trouble getting flesh off of your skeletons, <laughs> but uh, sodium hydroxide I mean, works works wonders. I,
1: I I assume like this is like bones TV yeah. show like kind of technology. Like we need to clean the skeleton, yeah. but I don't know.
0: I like a little flesh on skeletons. Yeah, yeah,
1: you know, just just a little bit.
0: <laughs> I like to leave it on there, so I use a <laughs> substandard chemical. <laughs>
1: uh so he tries to tell her that you know by the way you know this may be a one-way trip but she insists so they get moving on together and climb down this i'm not sure what they were climbing down It, it it's in a hole but it seems to be like a series of wires and support some kind of support structure yeah um but he climbs down first and then she's climbing down above him and he keeps looking up to check on her.
0: Yeah. Which we noticed several times in this episode, yeah. but this is where it starts.
1: Yeah, it he, he he has several opportunities to look up her skirt. And it's And he takes
0: advantage of all of them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's MacGyver. Yeah. Um so they climb down and uh, this is where they this is the This is where ca- the candy machine is, I think. Yeah, they reach this they hallway. First, yeah, they first reach the candy machine, and then uh, MacGyver takes a you know, takes a handful of candies because his bag, his bag's for not what he takes with him.
0: The bag's not for what I take, Colton. It's for what I find along the way. And she just thinks he's a jerk.
1: Yeah, it is. It's like,
0: oh, chocolate. <laughs> and and his, I think his purpose in taking it isn't, he doesn't have any like chemical idea in mind. There's not, that. that's not right. his motivation yet. At this point, he just thinks we're going to need energy, assuming for some reason that they'll be down there for yeah. weeks
1: yeah cuz they not knowing that the stuff that's going to be poured in there any minute yeah. now which again begs the idea they'd have to pour an awful lot to completely
0: fill cause, the entire because cause it's
1: going to have to make its way down right because MacGyver had to make his way down so a flu is not just going to like well they
0: could just dump it down the shaft maybe it'd start at the bottom at least yeah that's
1: true just fill it from the bottom up yeah and uh, they come across a fire door that's been closed right and she's going to try to open it but he's you know he does the whole uh, you know, backdraft thing. Oh, check that door for heat. Yeah. Uh, and he picks
0: up like a, is it a wooden rod or something? Yeah, it's some
1: kind of stick. <laughs> he finds the stick you know, in the, the
0: kind of stick you find in a... 200 feet below ground. In a 200 foot below ground lab.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, and he, he, he presses it to the door and immediately catches fire. Yeah. So the other way around is through, quote, unquote, the gas chamber. Right. Um, which is where they do research with exotic gases.
0: Which... In criticizing the lighting for this scene, reminds me we should bring up the fact that Tak Fujimoto actually was the DP for this episode, which you noticed in the credits. Right. Um, It's he's not listed on the way into the show, but it's in the in the post-show credits, Tak Fujimoto. And I don't know that he continued on as their DP. Um, as a regular for the series not
1: that, not that we've seen yet anyway and, um, and
0: most of the photography i would say is great and the opening is probably better photographed than yeah. the rest of the show but for this scene in particular um the stuff in the gas chamber seems normal it's like lit mm-hmm. just sort of sterile white but then where they are it's like everything's like purple and it's like lit up in this weird yeah. fluorescent color it doesn't they, seem like a warning light's going off or anything well
1: they 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 encounter these a series of airlocks that are open, right? And and she says, "Oh, it's strange that these are open. They should have closed." And then all of a sudden they start closing. Yeah. Um, And then they're trapped in in a room between some kind of an observation room, right? That but they're sealed in now. So their only way out because they try to open up the airlock doors uh, from up top. But their only way out is through the gas chamber now.
0: Which they can now see through the window. They, yeah. they have a, a clear view of of all these uh, dead scientists in the right, laboratory right. that have all been killed by this gas leak.
1: Yeah, and you can you can visibly see a gas. It's like there's some, there's, there's a white fog of you know dry ice like right. fog on the ground.
0: And this is nearing the end of MacGyver's ability to communicate with the people upstairs. Right. And their plan at this point is to. Get the pump started to get all the all the air out of the laboratory so that they can move through it. Right. To get down another floor to where Marlowe and Steubens are, or but are they on the same floor?
1: I think they're still down another floor. Okay. Um, but it it seems like if you suck all the air out of the room, it's, it's just, just a vacuum. It's just gonna be as bad as if there was. They open the gas. door, just gets sucked right in. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they they. So MacGyver comes up with a plan. They're gonna, she's gonna run through the, the the gas, right? And go to another room where hopefully there isn't gas.
0: Yeah, we're just <laughs> banking on there not being gas. Even though, I mean, technically speaking, there is a gas leak in the next floor down. Like, yeah. there's a chemical that should be killing people downstairs.
1: Yeah, yeah. So they have, because they haven't gotten to the acid yet. Right. So MacGyver, MacGyver, admittedly, says it too. He he rips off his uh, flannel. And he said, he "Breathe through
0: this. This isn't going to do anything."
1: <laughs> yeah, he literally says it. He says, "This isn't going to keep the gas out, but
0: do it anyway. Do it anyway. It look funny." Um,
1: I thought maybe they did it for stunt purposes at first. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. But then they didn't do any crazy stunts. Yeah, like they climbed down a ladder, but that's clearly them. Yeah. climbing down a ladder. It's not. It wasn't like
0: a, And again, MacGyver below, <laughs> and yeah. she above, yeah, so that he, he, he has a first. clear view.
1: And, but he's going to try to turn some pumps on. Uh, and my reasoning for that would be, must be because in case people are – eventually rescue will have to come through this room as well. Sure. So and he, also v-
0: presumably he would have to go back through that room on right. his way out.
1: So uh, he manages to get the, the pumps working. He kind of hardwires it himself. Right. Like he just cracks open a computer. and Right, which you see in the opening credits. It's right. one of the, it's one of the yeah. scenes. But he, here's the weird thing. She runs down a set of stairs and goes – we don't really see where she goes though. And but then,
0: presumably to somewhere that's safe to breathe. Right.
1: But then he goes down and goes through some really awkward door. Oh, it's like an oval tunnel. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if that's the same place that she went because we didn't see. But, it does
0: look like they went two different directions, though. Yeah.
1: Um, so he, he awkwardly climbs into this tunnel and then but drops his radio in the process. Right. And that's when we learn that up top – That they're not only going to dump this chemical down there. But
0: now they have to fuse the bedrock together to keep this chemical leak out of the the water table.
1: So they're going to somehow launch a missile from a tank. Which they
0: refer to as an underground missile, (laughs) which... Uh, but it's above ground. It's a it's a it's a missile. So there's there's no such thing as a as, as a underground missile. It's it, like like it's a graboid and it's gonna have yeah. fins propelling it through yeah, the it's
1: dirt. Yeah, didn't have like a drill nose no, or anything it, it's like just, that. No, just
0: just a straight missile and, and it's
1: pointed horizontal.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's pointed horizontally at the first floor of this laboratory <laughs> where everyone running the facility can leave, but. Right. But they don't. There's like a bunch of scientists looking at like computer readouts to determine the likelihood of anyone surviving downstairs. <laughs> but they never once do they consider that there's a a digital readout, like an optical, right, right, posted above the picture. That's like you have 30 minutes to get out of this building before we launch a missile at it and right. hope that it does anything to the substrata.
1: Yeah. How it's going to get down there? <laughs> I have no we idea. We don't know. Um. So McGarver loses radio, and they uh their way, and they actually find the acid leak, which leads into the next MacGyverism—more uh, of a chemistry MacGyverism. Right. To you, they're milk chocolate. To sulfuric acid, it's lactose and sucrose, C twelve H twenty-two O eleven, disaccharides. The acid will react with the sugars to form an elemental carbon and a thick gummy residue.
0: It should be enough to clog up that rupture, temporarily at least.
1: You know, I like—I like a good amount of. of semi real science sure yeah Absolutely. um you know he he has her stand on his shoulders of course
0: (laughs) in keeping with the pattern it's just i mean presumably this is the only time where it would have made perfect sense because he can't by all means stand on her shoulders right it seems like that would be even more ridiculous not and i guess he did need to go first on the ladders in case there was something terrible down yeah but but (laughs) now
1: he's just now he's just like oh handing her stuff up
0: and the, then looks needlessly up yeah, while just keeps he's looking at things. Yeah.
1: I, I really want to know what was going on in that production.
0: Yeah.
1: I feel like Jeff Bridges.
0: In, but at this point, the camera's yeah. joining in the looking up in yeah, direction. Yeah, exactly.
1: Like, I, I need to get a better angle. <laughs> I need yeah. A slightly better angle. <laughs> uh, because I just feel like Jeff Bridges in The Big Lebowski when he's going underneath all those girls' oh, legs, yeah, just yeah, like yeah. looking up. On, um, the, on the bowling Yeah, on the bowling alley. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they seal up the leak, but they don't have the ability to tell anyone that they have sealed it up. So they still have the ticking clock of knowing at least they know that the chemical is still going to be dumped out.
0: Yeah. They, they don't know about the missile right. at all because they've lost communication.
1: So um, they make their way through some really weird room where it's raining.
0: Yeah. It looks like some kind of like – it looks like it's inside a dam or something yeah, to me.
1: It, it's just a room that's – it's separated into two parts. A, a section of the room that's pouring down water, like raining, and like yeah, every square foot is raining. and there's like little
0: waterfalls on the floor.
1: Yeah, and it's like running off of a floor, and there's a walkway that goes from the dry portion into the wet portion. Right. Like it's intended to do this. – you're yeah. intended to get wet.
0: And if they're – I mean – there's not really a dam in Los Angeles for them to have done that at, but I guess they went on location for a lot of this stuff. Yeah, so I mean, it I, could I mean, be anywhere. I mean,
1: I guess you know Hoover slash you know Boulder Dam, if you want to call it Boulder Dam. Sure. I call it Hoover Dam. What do you call it? I call it Hoover Dam. Okay. I, I guess the technical name is it's called the Boulder Dam.
0: I, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Um,
1: the more you know. Yeah, we're always learning something here. But even still, I don't know what it was supposed to be. Um, I guess it just looks scientific or like. Like science facility issue. So
0: that's on the way to the chemical leak. To
1: no, that, that that's after. This is after the chemical leak. This right. is right.
0: But when they leave the chemical leak, which they've now plugged up with the chocolate right. via chemical reaction, they move through this room on their way to finding Steubens and Marlowe. Correct. Right. Okay.
1: So now they're just outside Steubens and Marlowe's lab.
0: Right. Um, but there's another collapse that's preventing correct. them from getting into that laboratory.
1: And so they come up with a plan to uh, blow open a hole in the wall using uh, it is a metallurgical lab. So they are going to use sodium and water, which is classic elementary school level physics. Sure. Like, you know, they always there's always one of the reactions that they tell you about. It's like look look, look at how these two things react. It's amazing. Yeah. There's a funny moment though because they they need something to that's water soluble to put the sodium in. So they have a timer and they use a cold capsule. It's just a, a pill. A pill. Like... But, uh, MacGyver makes a funny observation as all Cause he had, they had shared a kiss earlier in the episode.
0: And now he's offended that she didn't yeah. say that she was sick <laughs> when they kissed.
1: By the way, I have a cold.
0: Not that it was intense <laughs> enough, a kiss to transmit any kind of sickness. Right.
1: Right. So, but MacGyver, while, whilst preparing the bomb, like kind of inspects the area and catches a, Sm- smells some of the debris, and he seems to seem it reminiscent of plastique, right? Uh Plastic explosive. Which, well,
0: you, you get can... the impression from from his expression here that he already knows that there's some trouble afoot, and right? That this wasn't a, an accident. At Correct. This
1: point. Yeah, and he tells he tells Spencer to not go in until he's yeah. gone once, in. Yeah. Once once we blast this
0: wall open, you wait right here, and I'll tell you when to come through. Right. Because he doesn't know what's on the other side of this wall, if these guys are already trying to kill each other, or what's going on. Right,
1: or what the plan was. So they blow open a hole, uh, climb through, and MacGyver encounters the two scientists still alive, and Dr. Steubens pulls a gun.
0: Because even though they've been locked in this room together this whole time, he he didn't think to... Finish his plan of killing himself and this other scientist right. until had, rescue was imminent. They've had time. He's yeah. had
1: time to to He's get over... He's been conscious
0: for like 20 minutes now yeah. after the explosion. And and the gun's just sitting there in a drawer in the right. lab. It's not like it was hard to get to or anything. And as soon as MacGyver comes through, he whips out this gun and and sort of monologues. He explains yeah. his, entire, his entire plan.
1: And that his entire plan of... He, that he's discovered a way to destroy the ozone layer of the earth.
0: At, it's like a chain reaction of explosions uh, and the UV rays would kill everything.
1: Right. And 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 this this plan was at the behest of the company. Right. Like they wanted him to weaponize it and I guess he did uh even though he did, was did against he,
0: or was well, he on his way to weaponizing it? When he decided that he couldn't continue. Or
1: maybe he discovered that they did want it to be a weapon. Yeah,
0: he had just found out, like Captain America, like breaking into S.H.I.E.L.D., and oh my gosh, this is what they're
1: planning? Yeah. So, uh, you know, so his plan was to kill himself, but also the other scientist in his field, which was Dr. Marlowe. Yes. So, So, like, at least no one would be able to duplicate the work anytime soon.
0: Right. And and according to uh, his explanation, he set the research back twenty years. Yeah. With with this series of explosions, at at this point Spencer comes in.
1: Yeah. Against (laughs) MacGyver's wishes. (laughs) And uh, you know he hashes out his plan, and then he's gonna do it. He's gonna Dr. Stevens is gonna kill Dr. Marlowe, but uh, Spencer steps in and takes a bullet. And, uh wish MacGyver
0: chastises her. For yeah, it's like, ah, oh, you idiot. That was dumb, Spencer. Very, very dumb. But it's like, what should she have done? Like, you should have just let him kill that Nobel Prize winning scientist. Yeah. I don't understand. MacGyver should have taken the bullet.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, And he quickly subdues Dr. Steubens, obviously, because he's injured and old.
0: Yeah, he's like a feeble old man. He just grabs the gun and kind of pushes him. He doesn't even Eh. knock him completely over. He just kind of pushes him back a step. Yeah. And then he he rushes to Spencer on the floor and calls her an idiot.
1: In fact, I don't think we we see them ever again after this scene. (laughs) Maybe not.
0: Maybe we move right to him, like.
1: He he binds her up and he says we're gonna get you out of here and she's like oh well you know we're 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 dead down here because there there's no way to tell them that everything's okay.
0: And again, they still don't know that there's a, a missile aimed at them, but right. they know that they're gonna get flooded and that everyone's gonna die if they don't exactly. communicate upstairs that the leak has been stopped and that every survivor is accounted for.
1: I can't remember what she said. She does. She gives MacGyver one of those aha moments. Like she says something she says about something about the lights. Yeah. Or the power.
0: There's got
2: to be some way to contact the surface.
0: You did everything in your power,
1: Mac.
2: Spencer, you're a genius.
1: But he he, he has that moment, and he runs back through the facility to the generator room or the, the, the main breaker room. And just finds a big machine that says,
0: main power. Lights on, lights off.
1: Yeah, and he proceeds to start like Morse code tapping. Tapping through, and so, like, you know, people upstairs are seeing the lights go on and off, and this one guy is just totally on it.
0: Yeah, he's, like, from the first blink, he's already, like, trying to read it.
1: Yeah, so, like, he starts writing stuff down, and everyone's like, what's going on? He's like, Morse code. It's Morse code. I'm writing it down. Stop Stop talking. (laughs) I need to pay attention.
0: Is that a daughter a Dash? (laughs) Now I'm talking over
1: it. And, uh, so he managed to get a signal through saying that they stopped the acid, so they don't have to dump the chemical and that everyone's safe so they can stop Abort everything. the launch. Yes. Yeah, so which ab-
0: we're now within 20 seconds of the launch right. happening. And no one has left the facility exactly. that is about to be hit with a, a quote-unquote underground missile. Underground missile. Being fired from means. a tank. Being fired from a tank directly at their building. <laughs> and they're, not everybody there is serving a purpose. I mean, they're lucky Morse guy didn't run off.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> there's
0: maybe four people in that room who needed to be there and there's yeah. about 30 people in there. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, you know, I guess this is how you make the facility stay secret. Right. Bring all the bring all the ambulance and firemen back in. Yeah. There's coffee over here. So, and we immediately cut from that to their top side. Right. Um and Spencer's in a on a gurney. But again, we don't we don't I don't believe we see Steubens or Marlowe. Um, no,
0: probably not.
1: And uh, she I don't. Here's the thing. She got shot. Maybe it just right. grazed her, but
0: <laughs> if the, it's a gut shot, she should be dying in about three days.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it, like, because the amount of time it took them to get down. Now they got to get wait for rescue to come all the way down. Yeah,
0: and part of that was a rope ladder that yeah. they're gonna have to take her up an elevator yeah, shaft. Yeah. So
1: so MacGyver's gonna have to wait for help to come get her, and then make the process of getting her out. Yeah. They they gloss over all that really quick. Yeah. But um but she's okay and they kiss again. Um,
0: what's a cold between friends?
1: Yeah. And uh,
0: puts her in the friend zone.
1: Puts her in the friend zone of like, <laughs> the ambulance. <laughs>
0: that's what I call the friend zone.
1: <laughs> and uh it it pretty much that's that's the end of the major plot.
0: And the implication It's almost that these two scientists have been released to continue their world-dooming research, (laughs) and that MacGyver has essentially set us a death date.
1: Yeah, MacGyver did only a disservice to the world Yes, uh, by letting these guys live. Yeah. So we're all going to die, and it's MacGyver's point. (laughs) Episode one, MacGyver, how MacGyver killed the Earth. And then
0: we move back to... Him
1: at the observatory.
0: Back at the observatory with with his little brother playing a game of basketball. Right. And never to be seen again.
1: Never to be seen again. (laughs) Until today, when you got a chance to actually speak with him.
0: That's right. And why don't we play that for you now? Uh, Thanks again so much for speaking with us today. No problem. How did you first become involved in the MacGyver pilot?
2: Ah, uh, the MacGyver pilot, which I was so excited about at the time. I believe it was in 1985. Um, it was, um, Henry Winkler's project that you, you remember the Fonz, of course, I know right, you guys yeah. know all about that, but he was, I believe the executive producer on the show. And, um, I just remember going out for my first audition and then from then on, we, I mean, you're talking about I don't think I've ever been on so many auditions in my life. This was, you know, we went before the network, Richard Dean and I, because the original show, um, you know, was about this this action guy, you know, who um had this sidekick and, and I that's what I remembered, you know, the pilot and, you know, was was my character, I believe Reggie, yeah. um, was supposed to be a sidekick and we were supposed to travel and go through all these adventures together and so we just the network just we just had to audition after audition to try to convince the network um that we were the right I guess guys actors for the job. Sure. And um and I just remember going on so many different uh Interviews, just going on you know callbacks and then going before the network and Richard and I just we just clicked um but unfortunately, you know once the show got picked up, I did a lot of promotions for the show, Richard and I, and we were at the a b c affiliates parties and just doing a lot of promotions we were yeah. doing. Um, nonprofit stuff, you know, uh, at Henry, Henry Winkler's house, you know, just promoting the, the upcoming series. And then all of a sudden, once, you know, we got the, I guess they got the episodes, um, Henry Winkler call, actually called my home. My father had to give me the phone. And he told me, he said, you know what? Unfortunately, we're going to have MacGyver kind of be on his own. And he's going to go on adventures and have love interests. And we, we, we're going to have to drop you. And I was just, I just remember being so upset about that. And, uh, but it was great to be a part of just the whole prepping for, you know, for the, for the new show.
0: Sure. Yeah. From what I understand, the original 90 minute version of the script was completely shot. Uh, I was curious if there were any other scenes of yours that didn't make it into the final cut.
2: Um, that's a very good question. Um, you know, I actually saw a clip. I, I, I'm not sure. I think it might've been from you guys's either blog or website or something, but, um, I barely remembered that, but yes, they did. I think they cut. I'm not sure. They cut I, I believe they may have cut something because it was pretty established in the pilot that it's like you knew I was gonna be on every every uh episode. But yeah. for some reason, uh they kinda did something in the editing to where they kinda like, oh, okay that's just one of his little brothers, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was something else in there. I don't remember what it was.
0: Do you happen to remember how they were gonna explain that you were able to like travel with him to other countries to solve problems or
2: that's a that's a very good question. Um uh, this is uh, this is all I remember when I was a little kid that, you know, somehow uh, Reggie was going to be, you know, a part of this, this whole thing. It wasn't because, you know, when you go for the network and you're on every, you know, you're this little black kid and you're just on every week. You can't just have him going on adventures by himself. Yeah. And, and he's just coming back to this uh, little black kid on the weekends. You know, that would get kind of still after a while. Yeah, yeah. So I know Dana Elcar and uh, Michael Lerner were part of it. I just um, somehow, I don't know how they were going to do that, but this is how it was presented to me when I was a kid. And this is the reason why I was so excited and so crushed when, uh, you know, when the series, uh, when they, when they let me go. So I don't know if that was because sometimes what people do, and I don't, I don't think they did this intentionally, but I think that's what they were trying to, I don't know if it was because they were trying to have more, more diversity at the time Um, But sometimes uh, television producers will present a certain, you know, storyline to the network and once it's picked up, you know, they kind of almost do what they kind of want to do. So I don't know if, you know, that was just what they were just trying to convince the network of, you know, hey, we have a black kid in this and he's going to be doing all kinds of stuff, too. (laughs) So I don't know.
0: Do you have any other fun memories of your time on the set?
2: Um, I, we worked at the Griffin Park uh observatory. That was fun shooting that scene. Yeah. Um the most fun I had was just hanging out at Henry Winkler's house and he had this I forgot what, what non profit organization it was, but I mean everybody was just oh, just so many different People and celebrities were there, and it just—I uh I remember specifically uh, meeting Scott Bale at the time, and we really, really hit it off that day. But he had something at his home to where it was—I don't know if—I think it was something for kids or underprivileged kids. I'm not sure what it was, but I remember spe- specifically being at his home and promoting the new show, and it was, it was just great being there. And then the ABC, uh, I believe, affiliate uh, party where they present these new— uh, television shows to to all of the affiliates, and that was fun being there. So we kind of got up, was able to get up and talk about the show a little bit, and they had this all the little clips of the upcoming show. And I was I just remember being very much involved in the whole process of it. And yeah, so, that's cool. But I was only in one episode, and that was the pilot episode. Yeah, was, I saw a whole bunch of other people after that. Some of my friends. Um, oh, in future
0: episodes of MacGyver.
2: Yeah, I think there was an Asian young kid. I forgot his name, but he.
0: It could have been in the very next episode, the Golden Triangle.
2: Okay, it was. I just remember it was an Asian kid. I forgot his name, but he's a good little actor. And I used to see him on auditions, and, and he, I think they were kind of hinting something again with that. But the I don't know what happened with that episode, but and I think even my friend Danny Cooksey. Um, yep,
0: he was in uh, season two, episode eight, Eagles. Oh
2: wow, you're an expert at this. My goodness, <laughs> you're good. <laughs> Wow, you're you're a true uh, fan um, aficionado of the project. That's great. <laughs> well,
0: that's right um, about yeah. where we are on the show right now. So we're that, oh. yeah, that's that's our most recent episode.
2: Yeah. So I, you know, I was 14. So you know, I I mean, I just remember being in school and just you know, just trying to. I was just so excited. I was just very excited, but I was very crushed too. But that's part of the business. It's happened to me many times before. Web. I think I booked about maybe five or six different television series, and it either didn't, you know, flourish or uh, or it just uh, got canceled or, or it never even aired. So yeah,
0: and actually that same year, you ended up playing a- another Reggie in uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Five.
2: Yes, I, Yep, yeah. I, you know, I was thinking about that the other day. I said, "Why? Wow, that was his name was Reggie too."
0: Have you ever considered the possibility that MacGyver and Jason Voorhees exist in the same universe?
2: <laughs> well, you know what, isn't it? I believe, you know, what's so strange about it. I believe that was Paramount, wasn't it? MacGyver, was that produced with uh, yeah, the yeah, Paramount? Yeah. Okay, so there's something going on here. I don't know. Maybe they said, oh, the kid, we we, we dropped him, so maybe we'll give him Reggie. I don't know. what <laughs> <Keep laughs> his name or something. <laughs> I don't know. It's really weird how they do things like that. But, no, I don't think they they had anything to do with, uh, with each other. But I do remember, um, I believe it was uh, Paramount. Uh, studios that produced it, or I know they went off to Canada too to save money.
0: Yeah, after season two, they they moved up to to Vancouver.
2: Yeah, so and that would have been fun. Oh, I would love to visit Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna drive up there.
0: Do you have any um, um fun memories from uh, the Friday the Thirteenth set that that you might want to share?
2: Oh, all kind of memories. That that uh, movie, uh, the whole series, of course, uh, particularly ours, because ours was kind of like the different. Uh, you know a uh, movie installment where you know they found out it wasn't the real jason so you have, yeah oh, the movie sucked and then you have the other people that are like no no it's just like you know so different from the others um but no it, it has a, a strong a fan base i mean just sometimes uh actually a few years ago i don't do it that much anymore but so i would go to these different places like I haven't been to thriller yet um, and just to, you know, sign autographs all day and you would just be surprised uh, at all of the people, uh, you know, that come out to, you know, to these movies to just to get autographs and to meet the celebrities or what have you. I remember John Landis was there and yeah. the director and he had a long line, like all the way around the block, you know, <laughs> for, just for people to meet him. And so it, it's fun to be a part of those, uh, you know, those things after so many different years. Uh, all of these years, it's uh, it's it's really a, a blessing. We were able to go back and kind of do the audio DVD version. I guess Paramount, we um, they I guess they had some sort of commemorative 25 year anniversary or something like that.
0: So they recorded the commentary.
2: Yeah, we did the audio commentary. That was fun. I got to you know reunite with uh, Danny Steinman, the director on that, and John Shepard, and we just really had fun uh, just recording that. Yeah really really fun so yeah i still enjoy um i'm not really involved in the uh entertainment industry anymore i used to direct a little bit yeah you know after my acting career i directed a few little projects but uh nothing much just kind of keep to myself and you know i have a wife and two kids and i just like being down to earth you know
0: yeah what are you up to these days
2: I've been in school. I went back to school. Um, I'm about one class away from. I'm, I still have a long ways to go, but I I went back to school because of my son who, who has autism, um, and uh, wanted to learn more about just you know the the whole social
0: sure.
2: social things and uh, mental disabilities or what have you. And one of my goals is to to get my degree in social work. So I'm about one class away from my AA, and then I'll be transferring to. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, four year Oh yeah. So it's just something else for me to do, something that I've always wanted to do. But I was acting, you know, a lot, and so I decided to go ahead and go for it, you know.
0: Well, I want to thank you again so much for sharing your time with us today.
2: All right, man. Thanks so much, Patrick. I appreciate it. I know we've been trying to hook up for a while. and um, Yeah, I just wanted to say um, hi to all of the MacGyver fans and um, all of those people out there. I just saw a photo of Richard Dean Anderson recently. I just was showing my wife, and... It's just amazing to see people, you know, after so many years, I just, you know, these are fond memories that we all have. And it's, I think, photos and, and just to, you know, to remember these projects is is something that, you know, touches all of our lives. It's, it's just to have good memories of things. And so I just wanted to give a shout out to all of the MacGyver the fans out there and some of the um, Friday the 13th fans as well.
0: Sure, absolutely. I'm, I'm sure there's a huge crossover there. They're, they were both really huge things at the same time, so...
2: Yes, yes, it was.
0: Uh-huh. Well, thank you again so much. I really appreciate it. Thank and, uh, you, man. Have a nice day. Bye. Bye.
1: Well, I want to thank uh, Shavar for being on the show with us. That was such I, such great information, and I feel I feel bad like, because like, the whole setup of him going to be on the show and be a big part of this show – and that they did all this promotional work, and just to say, eh, we're going in a different direction. I'm sure that happens all the time. Yeah. But uh, still, like, as a, for a kid, that's the worst.
0: Yeah, and it's it's really a heartbreaking story. I mean, I wonder if it lightens it at all that you're like on the phone with the fons while you're finding yeah, out yeah, about yeah. it. But it still feels like, oh man, I was going to be on this TV show with this cool guy for a long time, mm-hmm. and now it's not going to happen.
1: If I was going to get bad news, I would want it to be delivered by the fons.
0: Right. Yeah he should just hire himself out for that kind of service.
1: Yeah. But uh yeah, I mean just like all the stuff that uh, uh what he had to say like like he 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 it's funny cuz he said that he he wasn't so in touch with the entertainment industry but he was really with it. Like he he knew all about the production, like he knew about yeah. the mood to Vancouver, like he was he seemed to, to have followed the, the details of the show very, very closely. Yeah,
0: and he did, like, he kind of downplayed it a little bit in the interview, but he's he's been on a lot of successful TV shows. Mm-hmm. He had a, a recurring role on Magnum P.I., and and before that on uh, Different Strokes. He, he had a lot of uh, big roles on television series that ran for a long time, um, but this is just one of the ones that didn't happen to yeah. stick. But um, we really appreciate him sharing his time with us. Absolutely. As far as... Uh, this show as a pilot, I think it's a pretty successful one.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, it, it's definitely exciting, a lot of interesting things. It, it sets sets up who MacGyver is and yeah. what he does.
0: And it definitely takes a turn on, like, the regular stuff where it's just, you know, people with guns and cars chasing each other around. Like, mm-hmm. it's, there's a lot more brain power behind it. Um, clearly a lot of thought going into the writing and everything. Yeah. They, they try to be as scientifically accurate as they can, which I think at the time not a lot of people really cared about, you know.
1: It, it, it's, it, yeah, I mean, saying scientific, you know, is great. It, it's, a lot of it's, like, more like the ingenuity. Sure. Of, yeah. of, like, obviously you have to know the science behind what you're doing, being able to take random objects and then put them together in a way that's not as, putting things together in an interesting way.
0: Sure. I definitely would have picked this show up if I was one of the people who picked shows.
1: Right. But, yeah, I think for sure that this was, and it it also could have easily have been, a TV movie. In fact, I think if it was made today, it probably would have been. I, think, I mean,
0: I feel like I've heard talk of them doing like a follow-up MacGyver thing as a TV movie back when they were still talking about doing it as a theatrical release. Yeah, which very unfortunately never happened because yeah. I would have loved to see Richard Dean Anderson in a MacGyver feature film. I think
1: I, I, my uh, my only concern would be because uh, I don't I have not seen the TV movies for yeah. MacGyver, but they all seem to be very like Indiana Jonesy. Kind of adventures, Oh, okay, and like it's like the lost treasures of some something, something or other, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, oh, okay, that's like what they decided to do. That librarian franchise, yeah, exactly. Like, the, yeah, was that Noah Wiley in that? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I, I guess that would be my concern um, if they if they had made a a, fe- a feature film. Yeah, I mean, there's still at the time of MacGyver, like there was still plenty of Cold War stuff and espionage stuff that they could have done. Sure. But uh, I feel that they probably would have gone more doctor Jonesy. It's funny. In my head, actually,
0: I was trying to think of shows that, that are along the same vein, and the first one that came to my head was the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, oh, okay. which I think actually took over the time slot when MacGyver got canceled, huh. but the show didn't last very long. But no, I remember no, no. enjoying the episodes I saw.
1: Of I mean, Young Indiana Jones? Yeah, it was, it yeah, was an it okay was, show. it was interesting. I mean... Uh...
0: I think it probably had a lot of money behind it because it was it was an important right, franchise right, right. for them.
1: It it was it was like it, it was just it was just Tintin really, but with Indiana Jones. Sure. Like, it, it, but there wasn't
0: really an, an action adventure period piece on TV mm-hmm. at the time, so oh. I, I just thought in in that it was about the was it 30s and 40s I guess that the Young Indiana
1: Jones Chronicles took place or 20s 20s. Oh no 20s. no no yeah it must, must have been that like the teens of the 20s because. Because
0: um, he's around in World War II as Harrison yeah, Ford, so yeah, he cause had to be. Yeah, because uh, Raiders
1: takes place in 35, I think.
0: Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's probably like 1915, 1920, somewhere yeah. around there. All right, well, I think that about wraps it up for our uh, our inaugural episode, uh, Season 1, Episode 1, Pilot. Um, I hope you enjoyed the show. And, uh, again, you can reach out to us on our Twitter account. Um, the handle, again, is at openinggambit, all one word. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast, And, of course, you can always find us on our website at Podcast.com. Stay tuned for our next episode. We should be posting a week from today. And that will be Season 1, Episode 2, The Golden Triangle.
1: Mm, sounds exciting.
0: Doesn't it? <laughs> Thank you for listening.